episode 167 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about ivermectin. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as tyranny, how to destroy America, the unvaxxed, the U.S. embargo on Cuba, or the COVID-19 vaccine comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating. Hit the like button or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. So when you hear the word ivermectin, what do you think? Let me guess. Horse drug or an animal dewormer or stupid people are taking it thinking they can cure COVID-19 and they are ending up calling poison control or, or they end up in the emergency room taking up beds that non-stupid, really sick people could use. Well, what else would you think if you only get your news from the White House, Fauci the fraud, and the rest of the federal government's corrupt anti-science agencies whose words and propaganda are parroted and compounded by the alphabet soup conspiracy media. You are inundated with it. You are never presented alternative or counter-information. Hell, the FDA put out a warning that, quote, you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. The agency's statement included words and phrases such as serious harm, hospitalized, dangerous, very dangerous, seizures, coma, and even death. Oh, and highly toxic. Any reader would think the FDA was warning against poison pills. The CDC issued a bulletin emphasizing ivermectin is not approved for COVID-19. Because even if something is true, i.e. ivermectin can fight COVID-19, it isn't true until the CDC says so. The World Health Organization recommends against its use for prevention and treatment of COVID-19 outside of clinical trials. And we've seen so-called doctors testify in front of a Senate committee in recent months calling ivermectin dangerous. Then you may have seen the State Department of Health issuing warnings to licensed doctors about prescribing ivermectin for COVID. And there may have been some stories about pharmacies and individual pharmacists refusing to fill valid COVID-19 treatment prescriptions. Rolling Stone magazine recently ran a hit piece on ivermectin with sensational headlines. It was something like, Gunshot victims denied ER services due to ivermectin horse dewormer medication overdoses. Idiots like Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow ran with the headline. So did every single alphabet soup conspiracy media outlet, from your local rag to the LA Times. Not a single journalist, editor, or producer among them at all thought to call the hospital or the doctor who supposedly made the claim to confirm the Rolling Stones story. They just ran with it. The story was eventually completely debunked, but it had a 48-hour media cycle. This is why I implore you all the time, in order to be well-informed and in the case of COVID treatments remain out of the hospital and alive, do yourself and your family a favor and expand your news sources. The alphabet soup crowd just want to keep you stupid. Interesting note, 
the National Institute of Health, the infamous NIH, remains non-committal on the use of ivermectin, simply saying, quote, there are insufficient data to recommend either for or against the use of ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19, end quote. Isn't that the agency that Fauci the fraud works for? Man, he better get his mind right. Despite all of these efforts by all of these powerful people and entities, total prescriptions for ivermectin continue to rise in the U.S. as people wise up and see friends and family unnecessarily dying and suffering from COVID-19. So, what is ivermectin? Ivermectin is an anti-parasitic medicine discovered by a Japanese doctor, Satoshi Amura, in 1975. He took it to Merck that developed and marketed it. The lead person at Merck was a guy named William Campbell. In 2015, Campbell and Amora won a Nobel Peace Prize for physiology or medicine for discovering and developing the drug. They were credited with saving millions of lives in Africa and South America from various river-borne illnesses. Wow, that sounds horrifying, doesn't it? Merck has donated 4 billion doses to prevent river blindness and other diseases in Africa and other places where parasites are common. Ivermectin is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. Again, absolutely horrifying and weird that it's on this list, yet the WHO is against it for COVID. Why is that? According to recent data, ivermectin was the 420th most prescribed medications in the United States in 2018, with over 100,000 prescriptions written. Oh, it, it must be very, very dangerous. At last count, ivermectin fights 21 viruses, including scabies, river blindness, influenza, and lice. And yes, it is used to treat heartworm in animals. The dreaded dewormer. I even came across uh, an NIH-sponsored website, uh, National Library of Medicine, National Center for Biotech Information, where there is a study from 2020 entitled Ivermectin, a systematic review from antiviral effects to COVID-19 complementary regime. I'm going to read to you part of the abstract from this study. Ivermectin proposes many potential effects to treat a range of diseases with its antimicrobial, antiviral, and anti-cancer properties as a wonder drug. It is highly effective against many microorganisms, including some viruses. In this comprehensive systematic review, antiviral effects of ivermectin are summarized from over the past 50 years. Several studies reported antiviral effects of ivermectin on RNA viruses such as Zika, yellow fever, West Nile, and a bunch of others that I can't even pronounce. Furthermore, there are some studies showing antiviral effects of ivermectin against DNA viruses such as equine herpes type 1, bovine herpes virus, and a whole bunch of other things that I can't pronounce. It goes on. Ivermectin plays a role in several biological mechanisms, therefore it could serve as a potential candidate in the treatment of a wide range of viruses including COVID-19 as well as other types of post-sense single-stranded RNA viruses. In vivo studies of animal models revealed a broad range of antiviral effects of ivermectin. However, clinical trials are necessary to appraise the potential efficacy of ivermectin in clinical settings. So I want to circle back to something I mentioned a minute ago about treating lice with ivermectin. Who usually gets lice? Kids, right? So you're telling me that this drug is safe for kids, and yet we're not allowed to use it for COVID-19? 
Yes, the answer is yes. The FDA approved topical ivermectin for head lice in February of 2012. In a 2018 study, oral ivermectin is an option for treatment of head lice infestation, especially in individuals who have experienced a treatment failure. Published evidence from clinical trials indicates that oral ivermectin is as effective as currently available topical treatments. Okay, so we're giving it to kids already. No big deal. So, now let's turn to the real reason we are here, the use of ivermectin to treat and prevent COVID-19. Listen to the government and the mainstream media at your own risk. There are almost 50 years worth of studies on this drug and dozens of studies on COVID specifically. A group of doctors who call themselves Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance, FLCCA Alliance, has said ivermectin is, quote, one of the safest, low-cost, and widely available drugs in the history of medicine, end quote. They have developed treatment protocols for COVID that are followed by thousands of doctors around the world. Now, understand, your doctor may not be one of them. As a matter of fact, more than likely, he or she is not. If they work for one of the larger medical conglomerate groups, they ain't prescribing ivermectin or hydrochloroquine because they would rather keep their job than help you. More on this clear violation of your doctor's Hippocratic Oath in a minute. You remember the oath, right? The one that says they have a moral duty to help people, to do no harm, and to save lives? We'll touch on that in a minute. One of these studies from 2020 in biochemical and biophysical research communications looked at what happened after the drug ivermectin was given to family members of confirmed COVID-19 patients. Guess what? Less than 8% became infected versus 58% of those untreated. But according to the Biden administration, you should ignore that study. Okay, well, if we can't look at that study, how about this one? There have been some 70 clinical trials evaluating the use of ivermectin for treating COVID-19. According to one study published in the journal Antiviral Research, a single dose reduced the viral load of the SARS virus in cells by 99.8% in 24 hours, in 99.98 in 48 hours. Mm, you better stay away from that. That sounds too effective. In another study conducted with 115 patients who had COVID-19 at the time and received a single dose of ivermectin, here's what they found. None developed pneumonia or cardiovascular complications, while 11% of those in the control group did. Fewer ivermectin patients developed respiratory distress, just under 3%, versus just under 16% for the control group. Fewer required oxygen, just 10% versus 46%. Fewer required antibiotics, 16% versus 60% in the control group. Fewer entered intensive care, 0.1% versus 8%. The ivermectin patients tested negative faster, in four days instead of 15, and they stayed in the hospital nine days on average instead of 15 finally, ivermectin patients experienced 13.3% mortality compared to 25% in the control group. That study concluded, with moderate certainty, evidence finds that large reductions in COVID-19 deaths are possible using ivermectin. Using ivermectin early in the clinical course may reduce numbers progressing to severe disease. The apparent safety and low cost suggests that ivermectin is likely to have a significant impact on the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic globally. But the CDC hasn't blessed it yet, so you just need to ignore it. A review from the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance summarized findings from 27 studies on the effects of ivermectin 
for the prevention and treatment of COVID-19 infection, concluding that ivermectin, quote, demonstrates a strong signal of therapeutic efficacy against COVID-19. In another study, they found, quote, large statistical significant reductions in mortality, time of clinical recovery, and time to viral clearance, end quote. The authors also said that studies on the prevention of COVID-19 reported significantly reduced risk of the disease with regular use of the drug. Now, if you're a real data geek, you really want to get in the weeds on the ivermectin research, you need to go to IVM, for ivermectin, IVMmeta.com. It keeps a running tally of ivermectin study results. As of this recording, it was covering 64 studies comprising 26,000 patients, which revealed that an 86% improvement in patients with ivermectin treatment prophylactically, a 72% improvement when used early as treatment, and a 40% improvement when used late in treatment. This site is really cool. I would recommend checking it out. What else do we know about ivermectin? It has been prescribed over 4 billion times since 1998, and according to an article published this year in the American Journal of Therapeutics, there has been only 28 cases of serious neurological adverse effects reported. That same journal published a study that concluded with a moderate level of confidence that ivermectin reduced the risk of death by an average of 62%, especially when prescribed early. Does that jive with the propaganda spitted out by the FDA and the rest of the corrupt clowns in the media? The fact is, ivermectin is safe at approved doses, including pregnant women, children, and infants. The same cannot be said about the safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines, now can it? The fact is, the COVID-19 vaccine is one big vaccine trial. It was granted emergency use authorization. It has hundreds of thousands of reported adverse effects and over 14,000 reported deaths in the United States alone. How many unreported adverse effects and deaths have there been? How many outside the U.S.? Meanwhile, the COVID vaccine has less than a year's worth of data, and ivermectin has almost 50. The Jerusalem Post reported recently with this headline, Israeli scientists says COVID-19 could be treated for under $1 a day. Double-blind study shows ivermectin reduces diseases duration and infectiousness. FDA and WHO caution against it. Something's fishy going on here. The American Journal of Therapeutics in their July-August of this year's edition declared moderate certainty evidence finds that large reductions in COVID-19 deaths are possible using ivermectin. Using ivermectin early in the clinical course may reduce numbers progressing to severe disease. The apparent safety and low cost suggests that ivermectin is likely to have a significant impact on the SARS pandemic globally. Now, what about the rest of the world? What do they think about COVID? What do they think about ivermectin? Well, it's already been approved as a COVID-19 treatment in more than 20 countries. For example, Mexico. The mayor of Mexico City recently said that the medicine has reduced hospitalizations by as much as 76%. As of last week, 135,000 of the city's residents have been treated with the medicine. How about Africa? Have you ever wondered why we don't see astronomical levels of COVID deaths in Africa? I mean, it's perennially the poorest continent on the planet without any semblance of modern healthcare system to the masses. I bet you know the answer. What about India? This is probably the most damning indictment against the U.S. government's willfully negligent preference of death over vaccine noncompliance I have come across. India found itself in major trouble early this year with over 400,000 cases per day and over 4,000 deaths. 
Yet that evaporated within five weeks. How, you may ask? Mass distribution of ivermectin, of course. One example is a state called Uttar Pradesh. It's a state in India that contains 241 million people. So the U.S. has, what, 331 million people? So this state in India can be compared to the U.S., but it has two-thirds of the population. Data shows how ivermectin knocked their COVID-19 cases and deaths, which we know were the Delta variant, down to almost zero within weeks. A population comparable to the U.S. went from about 35,000 cases and 350 deaths a day to nearly zero within weeks of adding ivermectin to their protocol. Ask yourself why India's success against the Delta variant with ivermectin is such a closely guarded secret by the NIH and the CDC and Biden and all those folks. Second, ask yourself why no major media outlets reported this fact, but instead tried to confuse you with false information about ivermectin. Stay tuned and we will answer those questions in short order. How about Brazil? You know, home of the Amazon rainforest? Yep, you guessed it. Ivermectin to the rescue. On January 12, 2021, the Brazilian Minister of Health tweeted to its 1.2 million followers not to wait with COVID-19 until it's too late. Quote, go to the health unit and request early treatment. Only to have Twitter take down the official public health pronouncement of the sovereign fifth largest nation in the world for spreading misleading and potentially harmful information. By the way, the, the early treatment that was mentioned there was code for ivermectin. How about in Colombia? In Colombia, the government hands out bottles of ivermectin, a medicine authorized by the National Institute for Food and Drug Surveillance, to treat patients with mild asymptomatic or suspicious COVID-19. That's part of a study of their Center for Pediatric Infectious Disease Studies. So I know the question, why, you ask? Why does President Biden and his administration, the FDA, the CDC, the WHO, and the alphabet soup conspiracy media attack a truly safe and effective drug, especially when all of those folks are from the follow the science crowd. And why is big tech doing the government's bidding and censoring anyone who refutes their claims? And why does the alphabet soup conspiracy media parrot the lies? And why are there so many useful idiots and ill-informed who just go along with this false narrative while their friends suffer and die unnecessarily? And why won't your primary care physician prescribe ivermectin? Why won't hospitals treat COVID patients once admitted to the hospital with ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, or monoclonal antibody treatment? One Ohio hospital went so far as to refuse to administer ivermectin to a patient, despite the wife of the patient signing a release form releasing them from any and all liability, and despite a judge's order demanding that they do so. Instead, they ran out the clock on the judge's 14-day order. Then another judge declared that they do not have to administer the drug. This used to be a free country where you had freedom, the right to try treatments and drugs that may help you. Now we have judges making potential life and death decisions. Sounds like Britain or Canada. Now I know I posed a bunch of questions there in a rapid fire fashion, so let's, let's get down and answer them. The main reason President Biden and his administration and the media attack a truly safe and effective drug is because they are totalitarians and they know there is no better way to force their way on everyone else than to take advantage of a crisis. You know, you never let a crisis go to waste. Crises must always be used to limit the people's liberty and freedom and expand the power of government. 
in order to maintain their totalitarian position, they have no choice but to take the position to let people die unnecessarily or spend days in the hospital rather than mass distribute drugs like ivermectin. As is with all totalitarians, if you disagree with them or the so-called health experts, even if they are wrong and even if their policies are harmful, you are guilty of heresy. Today, that's called misinformation, which is a dog whistle for big tech censorship. Some of you still may be confused. You may be saying, I understand the totalitarian mindset, but what I don't understand is why they are acting like totalitarians. Why don't they just do the right thing? There are three possible explanations. Number one, if there is widespread use of ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, and monoclonal antibody treatments, the whole vaccine house of cards crumbles. It's important for you to understand that one of the basic conditions for the Emergency Use Authorization, EUA, granted to the vaccines currently being used against COVID, is that there are no alternative treatments available for the disease, thus the need for an emergency use authorization. I'm going to pause right there. Do you see the big picture yet? If there is an effective treatment, then the emergency use authorization would never have been granted. So what did they do? They simply pretend there aren't any effective treatments, and the media and big tech do the rest. Remember when Trump talked about hydrochloroquine? The media and the National Democrats went batshit crazy. Remember they called it fish tank cleaner, just like they call ivermectin horse dewormer. You see how they run the same plays out of the same playbook year after year? The National Democrats are truly one-trick ponies. They always have been. Number two. As a generic, ivermectin is cheap and widely available, which means there would be a lot less money to be made by Big Pharma if it became the go-to treatment and prevention of COVID. Ivermectin costs next to nothing. Vaccines, on the other hand, are very expensive and very lucrative. According to the American Journal of Therapeutics, currently ivermectin is commercially available and affordable in many countries globally. A 2018 application for COVID used for scabies gives a direct cost of $2.90 for 112 milligram tablets. A recent estimate from Bangladesh reports a cost of 60 cents to $1.80 US dollars for a five-day course of ivermectin. For these reasons, the exploration of ivermectin's potential effectiveness against SARS-CoV-2 may be of particular importance for settings with limited resources. If demonstrated to be effective as a treatment for COVID-19, the cost-effectiveness of ivermectin should be considered against existing treatments and prophylactics. An Argentinian professor and doctor, Hector Carvalho, whose prophylactic studies are renowned by other researchers, explained why all his scientific documentation for ivermectin has been scrubbed from the internet. Quote, I am afraid we have affected the most sensitive organ on humans, the wallet. End quote. Follow the money, folks. And number three, which is related to number two, other pharmaceutical companies are developing their own novel treatments for COVID-19, which would have to compete directly with ivermectin. They include ivermectin's original manufacturer, Merck, which has an antiviral compound named something I can't pronounce. It's in phase three clinical trials for COVID-19. And good old Pfizer, who is already making a quadrillion dollars on the forced vaccine, is working on their own preventative-slash-treatment that, lo and behold, resembles, drumroll please, ivermectin. Just yesterday, as I was preparing this episode, 
Pfizer announced that it's launching an accelerated phase 2 3 trial for a COVID prophylactic pill designed to ward off COVID and those who may come in contact with the disease. Coincidentally, or not, Pfizer's drug shares at least one mechanism of action, which is it functions as a protease inhibitor against COVID-19. Exactly the same thing that ivermectin does. People have already dubbed it Pfizermectin. Hey, it's a smart move when you think about it, since you got 30 or 40% of the population refusing to take the jab. That's a lot of people to sell expensive pharmaceuticals to. So you may be saying, all that makes sense, follow the money often explains a lot of things, but why in the hell won't my doctor prescribe any of these seemingly safe, effective treatments? The reason your doctor won't prescribe ivermectin and your hospital won't administer it, or any other treatments, is because of something called the PrEP Act, Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act. This act allows the government, the Department of Health and Human Services, to make declarations that provide healthcare providers immunity from liability if they follow certain protocols or countermeasures as defined by them, the government. And guess what treatments are not included in the government's protocols and countermeasures? Ivermectin and hydrochloroquine. And why do the healthcare providers give a shit about what the HHS says? Money, of course, and regulation. You know, the same extortion tactics that the federal government employs on a regular basis. Do as we say or your money train might dry up. Or we might just send some regulators and auditors down to visit you. This is what socialized medicine looks like, folks. Dictates from D.C. telling your doctor how to care for you. At the end of the day, what's the worst thing that can happen to someone who is given ivermectin for COVID? Answer, nothing. It won't work, which happens around 20% of the time, according to some studies. Those people can then throw hydrochloroquine at it and go and get monoclonal antibody treatment. If you take nothing else away from this episode other than the fact that the opposition to the use of generic ivermectin is not based on science, that it is purely financially and politically motivated, you need to understand that the United States government would rather people die than to mass distribute ivermectin and other effective, affordable therapeutics and prophylactics. As soon as you are finished listening to this episode, I strongly encourage you to call your primary care physician, your PA, nurse practitioner, and ask them this question. If I am COVID positive and symptomatic, will you prescribe a combination of ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, and or monoclonal antibody treatment? When I asked my doctor that question, he said, quote, I've never heard of anyone who prescribes ivermectin or hydrochloroquine, but he did agree to monoclonal antibody treatment. Needless to say, I have since found another doctor. If he is that ignorant or unwilling in the middle of a pandemic to give me the best possible care, I don't trust him for my care going forth. I would also recommend that you get some ivermectin just in case you or a loved one tests positive and is symptomatic. There are many places where you can go and get it via telemed doctor. I would start with americasfrontlinedoctors.org, americasfrontlinedoctors.org. Find the link that says, how do I get COVID medication or get medication, something like that. Uh, There's another site you can check out, speakwithanmd.com, speakwithanmd.com, or covid19criticalcare.com. Scroll down until you see Get Ivermectin. All those links will be in the show notes page. 
And that is the truth about ivermectin. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. 